Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Would You Rather with our very special guest, Mr. Connor Ratliff, actor, Hello. comedian, and uh, host of the Dead Eyes podcast, which is how we met. Uh, we are going to talk about two films. The Thing, John Carpenter's original thing, thank you very much, and Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat, I Dare You. Please subscribe and uh, like this video. Thank you. Connor, we're in. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good, good. So uh, indeed, we did meet through your Dead Eyes podcast. You uh, mm -hmm. reached out to me. Yeah, well, I mean, this is, we haven't yet released our, we're, we're working on our third season of Dead Eyes, which Dead Eyes is a podcast which is investigating um, sort of the the minutia of various, uh, you know, successes and failures that people go through in show business, stemming back to uh, an experience I had back in the year 2000, which was, I was cast in a small role in Band of Brothers, and then the day before I was supposed to film my scenes, I was fired because uh, Tom Hanks had supposedly looked at my audition tape and he thought that I had dead eyes. And so the podcast as a whole is an investigation slash exploration of like what actually, it's me trying to piece together what actually happened back there. I, I tracked down the actor who replaced me. We talk, I found out more about what happened through him. And very often we will veer off into different sort of side tangents. And one of the episodes for this next season is uh, I just booked a little part on an episode of The Blacklist. And it was my seventh time auditioning for The Blacklist. And it occurred to me that it might be interesting for me to track down the six actors who had booked the parts uh, in the previous episodes <laughs> I had auditioned for. Uh, and, and so Bruce was one of the actors uh, I, you know, I, I set myself, you know, tracking down all these actors and trying to explain to them both the premise <laughs> of my podcast and the premise of this specific episode. And, uh, and, and it was fascinating just to hear, because they're not conversations that normally happen. You don't normally get to talk to the actors who, uh, who book these, you know, very often one or two scene parts, you know, um, and they're not they're also not the kind of parts that people do interviews about, you know, nobody, nobody, interviews, <laughs> nobody interviews to find out like, what's it like being in one scene in this, you know, big hit TV show, you know? Um, so but I could it, totally see that being like a culty acting thing, because what else would the working actor want to know? It's like, who did I lose the part to? What was that like? It's, Total behind the scenes. Can't do it in the other direction because I would have to go to the casting agents and say, tell me who came in for that, you know, which I'm sure is a, a, a violation of protocol on every level, you know? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Side would go for that. I don't think they let the actors who, I think if you had wanted to track me down, find out who else, who else auditioned for Bobby J, I don't think you would have, I don't think they would have given up the information. I, I sincere and and I have never thought about and I have another podcast I'm a web series where we uh, talk to actors and and people in the business directors writers and all sorts of stuff about their careers and when you uh, hit me up on Instagram about this I was like I immediately responded yeah, yeah it's amazing um, all right so let's jump in let's talk about some movies yeah. Uh, Connor, uh, I sort of uh, suggested, or you sent us a list 
of yeah. movies that we could sort of choose from. And I immediately pounced on the thing. And mm -hmm. then, uh, so, so let's start with that. What, uh, what drew you to the thing, John Carpenter's thing, ladies and gentlemen, the original? Grew up watching a lot of horror movies. You know, like I sort of like the most intense I could stand growing up with stuff like Gremlins or Arachnophobia, you know. Um, <laughs> and I believe I was at, uh, uh, I had some older friends and I was at their apartment and they had a bunch of things uh, on, on VHS. And I believe they chose to watch The Thing. And I immediately, um, I, rem I still remember the vibe of like, from the very beginning, I had this dread watching it of like, uh, <laughs> just how, just there's such a sense of foreboding and, and disorientation. And, and also, something about the setting and i'm i'm someone i hate hot weather i love cold weather and yet anything that is set in uh remote snowbound like lab facilities like that is immediately just terrifying to me because just, it feels like disturbing. yeah it feels like even if there hadn't been an alien it feels like something bad would have happened there just these men just stuck in these like tin cans in the snow sort of you know twelve men have just discovered something for one hundred thousand years it was buried in the snow and ice now it has found a place to live inside it starts from a place of dread and then it's unrelenting. It, it, it goes from dread to gloom. Like it, the ending of this movie is so, such a devastating kind of defeat. You know, you know that, that it's just like, uh, they're exhausted and they're doomed, you know? Love uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like they're, they're fighting amongst themselves and they don't trust each other and just the, the violence they inflict on each other. So I have to say, when, when I saw your list of movies and when you wanted to do the thing and I thought, okay, so the obvious, because Bruce, you and I have done the thaw, we've talked about like the Arctic drilling, you know, I mean, just how life is just so much more horrible. But, but then it occurred to me and I'll just share my screen here. <laughs> There's this Wired article about how like, racist and sexist and horrible AI is because it basically is feeding off of us right? and how racist right. and sexist the world is. And so it really, it reminded me of like the thing, right? It's like, it's not even an external thing, really. It's, it's, uh, it's cultural. So anyway, so that's my, my contribution there. <laughs> nice. Just nice. to keep things light and happy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in all the dread of the, of the thing. So I, I, we're about the same age, Connor, right? So, you know, the thing comes out in 1982 and I'm looking over my computer here and I remember, of course, there were kids in 1982 who saw E.T. Uh -huh. and there were kids who saw The Thing. And uh -huh. I was so one of the kids who saw The Thing and hated E.T., right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm one of those kids and I still... I still am to this day. It is a cultural barrier. It is a dividing point in geekdom, especially for, for me, like you, it was high school. So of course the movies you see, the music you listen to is, you know, uh -huh. insanely yeah. important. 
uh and, and i remember like oh you guys you guys like et you just want to go see this thing flying around okay that's cool but i'm i'm into something a little deeper okay overall there aren't a, a ton of scares in et um and and there's not and there's overall it the the tone is is one of wonder and then a little bit of melancholy every now and then whereas an outright sadness no when they when they i mean we're not on et here but when they yeah. when they take et away in those suits i mean mm-hmm. and he looks like and his heart goes out and the little flashlight yeah. in his chest goes out that's i mean even i who hated et was like yeah <laughs> you know but in terms of in terms of how badly things are going the how that moment in et that's sort of the that's sort of like the room tone for the thing <laughs> you know what i mean that's sort of the that's the baseline like yeah man things never get that much better for anyone <laughs> in the thing like when they're just hanging out at the beginning i'm kind of like ugh, and that and nothing's even gone that wrong yet right. Right. Comparatively. Oh, and even my favorite, you know, I have so many favorite moments of this scene of this movie, but, you know, one of my favorite moments is they're sitting on that couch. They're all tied up and they're testing people mm-hmm. to see who is going to, you know, who's the thing and who isn't. And yeah. the, the guy who was the head of, I'm going to cut it in right now. I know you gentlemen have been through a lot. But when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. It's just, it's, it's great. Ah, it's the best. All right. Um, uh, just, just a wonderful movie. And I am actually not a person who likes grossness, right? Like, uh, my son, uh, took me to see the latest, uh, spiral movie. Um, and, uh, I, I just don't like torture porn. It, it never mm-hmm. does it for me. So when the hands are being eaten off and all the goos popping out of everything, that's, I, I, I still, you know, sort of look through like this, but everything yeah. else, characters, it's, it's one of the most perfect horror movies ever made. It, it almost feels like, a. uh, a, a like a, a a jury movie in a way <laughs> you have this you have yeah. these like uh this like jury's worth of dudes who are in sort of trying to figure out what's the best way to deal with this they're like trying to figure it out the whole time everyone's trying <laughs> to figure it out and uh even when they do figure it out ultimately it doesn't the problem is so big that it doesn't it's not to anyone's benefit other than hopefully they've figured out a way to uh, contain it, at least. To contain it for future generations, so no one else discovers this thing and it, yeah. it, that it doesn't wreak havoc later. But I, I don't feel like any person can get to the end of this movie and, and, and feel like they know that anyone accomplished anything, which is an mm-hmm. interesting, which is, which is in its own sense, like one of the, one of the purest sort of existential uh, horror themes is the idea that you've lived your life for nothing that these men if they all fail to prevent it from happening to the next people who discover this thing in the ice and thaw it out then they went through this for nothing they might as well have all just immediately died at the beginning of the movie there is a, or a David sense- is the thing which is the yeah. you know the internet yeah. story 
that my son tells me. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't think there's much reason to be too optimistic at the end of this movie. The, the feeling <laughs> is like, this is the next people who discover whatever freezes over here, they're going to go through the same thing. And eventually that doomsday scenario, which I always, I'm, I, I always enjoy whenever, you know, that there's that part where uh, Wilford Brimley is um, going through the computer uh, uh, analysis. And the Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think what was so great about this movie too is that there's it's gritty. You know, if you see a movie like this today that's dark, you know, there's there was that that god awful sci-fi movie Life with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds and, and god, god awful. And, god awful. And but there's a patina on it, you know. So even when <laughs> it's this horrible thing that's taking over the earth, and, and it's it's the same kind of idea where it's like we're not going to be able to contain this. It's like, but we, at least we have a nice manicure and our brows are waxed. Like you don't have that in this movie. No, no. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a 70s movie. I mean, it's made in 82, right? But it does feel very much of a piece with Carpenter's 70s movies. Like everything's sort of, you know, everybody drinks too much. They all are a little overweight or incredibly pale, right? Everybody looks like they're going to die, you know, to come. Anyway. From the moment the movie starts, they all look like, damn these people are in bad yeah. shape you know um let's uh let's take a second and ask caroline uh about florida let's jump right to florida now because we haven't spoken in about three weeks i think caroline so how how's florida doing with the pandemic uh, i mean not that they ever said there was a pandemic florida men didn't believe in the pandemic right i have to say when we uh, when we picked Edge of Tomorrow as as the the second movie and the whole Groundhog Day aspect, I almost pulled a Florida story about the maskless cryptocurrency convention that was held here, <laughs> shoulder to shoulder, because it just brings everything full circle. But I, you know, and it's interesting I, with the thing. It's not that it's cloning, but it's like becoming the other it's it's taking over the other person and i saw this great story and let me just pull it up about florida of course hosting their back to their annual ernest hemingway lookalike contest <laughs> so there's literally like a room of people who all look the same anyway we're older but the prime <laughs> population for for covid right yeah. yeah. And it, it also could be like a Wilfred Brimley like convention, I suppose. So nice. that could be our, our nice, thing. Yeah. <laughs> nice thing. Nice thing. Bringing it back to the thing. But yeah, that's how Florida is. I mean, like it's business as usual. We're fully open going gangbusters here. And I have to say, I do enjoy eating at the restaurant. So I can't say that I don't. All right, let's pivot to uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which, by the way, you know, this. Uh, if you Google this, you see, of course, all the backstory and who knows which is true, uh, you know, because all the posters say live, die, repeat, which is a much better title. They mm -hmm. should have gone with live, die, repeat, but they couldn't Absolutely. for some reason. And Edge of Tomorrow was obviously a copyrighted name, so they had to go with that. Um, but uh, but everybody calls it 
live die repeat it should be called live die repeat because that's the coolest part about this movie it's also uh you know one of the one of the best tom cruise movies i have a you know a 16 year old son so i have to school him on on movies and mm-hmm. uh and, and sometimes uh, i'll drop one in like minority report and and edge of tomorrow are two he hadn't seen or watched mm-hmm. youtube videos about and yeah. he was like wow that that's actually like a good movie uh, <laughs> i'm like I'm telling you, like this Tom Cruise was excellent and still is sometimes. I'm not, this is yeah, not a he's diss a Tom good Cruise. actor. I yeah, let's say this is not a carry a movie. Let's face it. No, no, at all, at all. Um, but but, but this, this, this is one that like, I it took me by surprise when I saw this in the theater because I, I thought it was going to be good. You know, I thought it was going to be good. And then I remember about a half hour into it, realizing like, I think this is better than good. I think this is great. You see, this isn't the first time. And we've had this conversation. Um, and I shouldn't have been surprised because uh, the director, Doug Lyman, who I believe directed yeah. the original Born Identity, like uh, that guy knows how to make an exciting movie, you know? And Tom Cruise knows um, how to be in and produce an exciting movie. So, you know, yeah. we should have expected this, but yeah. I didn't see it. I also didn't see it coming. I, 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 also, I think it. I, I think it probably. I think the trailer probably looked good, but I don't yeah. think the trailer. Uh, thankfully, I don't think the trailer gave away most of the parts of the movie that really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every supporting character, every single one, is fantastic. Like. Yeah off the charts fantastic uh yeah. you know, uh, from, from the guys in the squad to the generals to to everybody he runs into every time he dies just gold yeah. gold yeah yeah uh parts like you and i would play connor are yeah. gold in this movie and by god you know you and i should get a part in one of these movies like this you know just be like that guy who runs up with Tom Cruise, you know, and gets blown away, but has like that one line. Hey, my brother said, you know. Yeah, I would love to be a guy that runs up, but there's not going to be some like girl that runs up. Well, wait a minute, but there's Emily Blunt and she's the greatest warrior in the movie. Yeah, that's not a small part either. So it's true. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, mm hmm. I'd like to be in Devil Wears Prada too, but you know, well, we can only dream. Well, yeah. I, I, I hope you get blown up in a movie. <laughs> I, this I, is what I, we I think it's going to happen. I, I hope we all get blown up in a movie at some point. I, th- I feel like that's a, it's never happened to me. I've never had a character uh, get blown up, and I, I would welcome it. So obviously, Edge of Tomorrow, like I could have pulled a lot of news stories. I was thinking with the war stuff, I could have pulled. You know, like Russia, everything old is new again, but or new is old again or whatever that saying is. But I just had to talk about because I don't like to think too dark is like the crazy stock market. We're back to tulip bulbs and pets.com again, you know, with what's going on with crypto and what's going on with GameStop and all of this crazy stuff anyway. That's that's my contribution is that the world is just on repeat. So anyway, old is new. Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Connor, all right, we went off on our tangent. Why don't you talk about uh, Edge of Tomorrow and uh, what, what made you uh, agree to talk about this movie a bit here today? Yeah. Uh, the movie just never stops surprising me and I never stop being engaged. It's funny when it needs to be funny. It's exciting when it needs to be exciting. Sometimes it's both things at once. That, I, I, the, the image that I think of when I think of this movie is the part where he like basically rolls in front of the vehicle and is immediately run over by the car. What the hell were you thinking? I always just think of that because it's just, it's such a, it's such a great comedic moment that I was not expecting this movie to be. The one thing I was not expecting this movie to be was funny. <laughs> And it's really funny um, without it it, in a way that elevates everything, you know? Yeah. Right. I can say, we, I think we can say that about both these movies. Like yeah. it's something that, that, you know, that you get in a really great sci-fi movie is mm -hmm. humor, whether ironic or, or, or tr so painfully true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because Edge of Tomorrow is about somebody experiencing the same day over and over again, like looping in time. But there's almost something in the thing, if they, if they have something in common, where because of the monotony of the location, it feels like we're seeing the first new day that these people have experienced in a while, that, that they've just been in this like... Uh, frozen uh, bubble. Frozen, yeah, this bubble, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh, careful what you wish for. Here's some something interesting is going to happen today. You know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Let's run through our uh, checklist that we always do for each and every movie that we discuss on Would You Rather. Uh, are there any black people uh, in either of these movies? Keith David in the thing. Both of them. Yeah. yeah and both yes. of them. And then in uh, Edge of Tomorrow, there's there's a black person scattered every now and again, but any major characters? Yeah. Soldiers, just the soldiers. soldiers that die over and over again, who are the bit parts that Connor and I might play. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's, I I don't think there I don't think there's any like and none of the principal characters in Edge of Tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Asians? We got any Asians anywhere? Anywhere? Anyone? I don't recall any. Anyone? Kenny? Anyone? Bueller? I feel like I feel like there's nobody. Certainly nobody in the thing. And then even in Edge of Tomorrow, really, you couldn't get a marketing analytics person, really. Like uh, when, when I when I look at the when I go to Google and I look at the cast, I type in Edge of Tomorrow cast. There's a sm small smattering of diversity, but I don't remember them from the movie. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, small smattering because like, they got smattered too quick. <laughs> yeah. You didn't see any face. Okay. Okay. All right, so uh, Keith David has to, has to hold up all of diversity in both of these movies. Uh, he's a fantastic actor and does a great job, so maybe you can do it. Uh, Bechtel scale, Bechtel test. Uh, two women having a conversation. Not even, really not even in the not thing. Even. There's not even one woman. Maybe the thing. Maybe the thing is a woman. We don't even know. The Even if the thing is a woman, it never has a conversation with anyone. <laughs> about anything not even about another man you know like um we don't know the gender the i mean honestly we don't know the gender of the dogs that are in the um 
that are in the penned area when they put the dog that's been contaminated by this that's the thing is is pretending to be mm-hmm. the most the, the and this is this feels like it's not generous at all to suggest that the other dogs have a conversation uh <laughs> when they realize that this alien is in there with them they all immediately start saying like what the fuck is going like in dog language they're saying what the fuck is going on let us out of here etc um i don't think it counts I don't yeah, even think I don't think it does either. Although that would have been an awesome like mashup of a movie if you had like the talking dogs from up. Like and just put them put, put them in the kennel and have the What's and going have the, on? the thing dog explode. The, the even just like subtitling that that scene is something that people can do right now if they want to. That 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 dialogue is up for grabs. Um <laughs> the um yeah, but it is very much, um, it is very much a, a, a 12 Angry Men uh, style scenario uh, as far as gender in the thing. Lawrence um, of Arabia, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, which is uh, not the, you know, when they made the, the 2011 prequel. Which we shall thing. not speak of, but go ahead. But there is, there is more, uh, uh, more than just dudes in that movie. It's true. And um, the Norwe- the Norwegians are more diverse uh, in their science uh, right before the events of, of John Carpenter's The Thing. Absolutely. And, and bravo, uh, diverse Norwegia. All right. Uh, Norway. Um, so, okay. So fail on the back of the test. Um, and we talked about Florida. So I think we come to the most important question of the evening. Oh, uh, she's asking if you could please uh, subscribe and like this video. Thank you. Connor Ratliff as our guest. Which would you rather? Would you rather be in Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow? Obviously, we're going to assume you're Tom Cruise um, in that scenario. Or pick anyone you want in the thing. I, I would assume you'd take uh, Kurt, but take anybody you want. Which would you rather? I mean, Kurt only has to die once. And it's, <laughs> you know, it, the easy answer would be, obviously the thing is a miserable experience. Oh. But, but Edge of Tomorrow, that is a lot of dying. Painful dying. A lot of painful dying. And uh, I'm, su- I'm gonna surprise myself because obviously, Edge of Tomorrow is something that ends in a victorious way. But I'm just so exhausted at the thought of it. It's just too much. <laughs> and I can't believe I can't believe that I'm choosing this. But I would rather, I would rather the, the small, the small possible victory and the guaranteed rest that Kurt Russell's character. Uh, he is able to rest at the end of that movie. And I I just don't want to get run over and slashed up by knives and uh, blown up. And uh, there's just, it's, that's too much death. Um, and I don't, I, I wouldn't want to endure it. So I'm going to go, I, I, I would opt for the thing scenario. Wow. This is very existential. I love it, Connor. Yeah. We, we haven't, we haven't had sort of uh, you know, this is like 19th century German answer. I love it. It's existential. Um, I, I'm going to jump in and just say, uh, uh, live, die, repeat uh, any day of the week, uh, hanging out, just 
just being in that place where they are without a thing seems <laughs> miserable. Just so you you would awful. opt even if you removed the thing, you still wouldn't choose the thing. You just wouldn't oh, want to work at like an arc. Kill me over and over again rather than spend my time in the Arctic outpost. Oh, please, no. <laughs> Caroline. Who am I in any of these? I, would, I, I have to choose between Emily Blunt and then what? Like Elsa waiting for Frozen to start when the thing like moves itself off set. I mean, there's like nothing there. The other thing is I'm from Florida, okay? So I can't do the Arctic. I mean, clearly just, I can't do snow. That's why I'm here. I'm certainly not going to the Arctic. So uh, yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'll call it Edge of Tomorrow. What is this live, die, repeat? That sounds like a James Bond movie. You're right. You're right. You're right. Maybe that oh. was the whole All yeah. right. Uh, so, so I think we, we, uh, we have a split here. Connor is in the existential fear of multiple deaths and would right. rather deal with uh, the cold reality of the thing. Uh, Caroline and I are ready to die as many times as you like, as long as we don't have to be up there in that cold. Uh, excellent, excellent. Uh, take us out, Connor. What's coming up? What are you doing? Uh, what should we tell everyone about that's coming up in uh, in Connor world? Season three of Dead Eyes uh, will be coming out hopefully uh, later in the summer. Uh, but the first 20 episodes are available now. Uh, a lot of great guests, a lot of uh, fun episodes uh, available now. Uh, Rat Scraps at Caveat uh, starting, I think, August 1st. I think uh, um, it'll be Sunday nights and it will also be available to stream for people who can't make it to the Lower East Side of New York City. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and talking movies with us and, uh, and sharing all your, uh, your existential insights with us and i'll throw in one more thing if people are really starved for for content uh, uh the george lucas talk show is a show that i, I oh I yeah doing as a live stream we're on hiatus for it now so it's not top of mind but we did 331 hours of yeah. live streaming over the past year it's a show where i pretend to be retired filmmaker george lucas uh griffin newman plays his talk show sidekick watto and our producer Patrick Kotner uh, as himself. And uh, hopefully that show will be back uh, later this year. Cool, cool. All right, well, uh, uh, I think that's it. Uh, thank you very Great. much for taking the time, Connor. Thanks for having me, it was a pleasure.